everybody. Welcome to Too Busy to Flush. I'm JR. And I'm Molly. And if this is your first time joining us, thank you so much for giving us the next uh, half an hour to one hour, depending on how fast you listen to us and how long our show goes. We don't plan anything. We plan very little. Molly typically writes stuff down and plans it, like what she thinks she wants to talk about. And then I just bring stuff to the table and we don't really pre-plan the show is what I'm trying to say. These are all natural, live, raw, real conversations. Yeah. Between a husband and wife of four children, ages 11, nine, seven, and turd. She's four. She's um, a turd. She went one, two, three, turd. She is a turd-year-old. I tell her that all the time. And okay, she's like, I have... Don't have that, daddy. I have two things to say to, in response to that. Oh. First of all, Addie apologized to me the other day because she couldn't remember how old our kids were. Turd. And I said, we have enough kids. You don't have to remember. And she goes, well, your husband says the bookends to how old your kids are every single, <laughs> every single podcast. So I feel like I should know. And I um, said, that's fair. So... I'm just going to call some random people out. Laura, John and Rachel, when we see you in church, we're going to give you a pop quiz about kids' ages. Okay. And also, our next door neighbor, Julie, we want you to know which order Elizabeth and Elise go in. Because Julie told us what a couple of months ago that she's been getting Lily and Elise backwards, which is our fault for giving them such close names. For the longest time, I got her sons, Blake and Logan, mixed up because of the alphabet. Yeah. Logan's older than Blake. It should be like, mandatory to name your kids. Like, we have a family in our church. ABC. Who are ABC. They're girls. They have three girls. Mm. And their first one is A, second one is B, third one is C. Just good for them. We are those people who confusingly named two kids Elizabeth and Elise. Really, really close. Okay. I was going to say, too, though, right before you said that, I was going to be like, I have zero expectation for anybody to remember my kids' names or my kids' ages or even who I am. I will not be offended if you're like, have we met? And I've seen you like six weeks in a row. That wouldn't bother me. Just wouldn't bother me. I I was just going to add when you said one, two, three, turd. I've told people this, but I can't remember quite whom I've told this, but you, JR, I remember you finding this out and making a really big deal out of it, that when women are in labor with their babies, they poop. Because <laughs> you're basically using the I, same I like muscles you... when you're bearing down. Cause it was and funny. I had a friend before I had Titus who said... You know, the nurse told her when she was having her boys, who the last one just graduated from high school, so she's eight years ahead of me. And she says, when you're having... The nurse said, now push. And she was like, I've never done this before. What do I do to push when I'm having a contraction? And the nurse was like, act like you're constipated and you're pooping. Oh, I can do that. I've been constipated for the last couple months because of the medication I'm taking for morning sickness. I know how to do that. It's the same muscle. So you're bearing down to push out a baby and you also push out fecal matter. Here's the wild part. God so designed the human body that the bacteria in your poop, in your fecal matter, acts as... A um, well, it introduces other bacteria into an in a newborn infant's system that is beneficial to them. So you guys know all the time. I'm basically hippie, right? Like I walk around barefoot all the time outside, and you get probiotic, you know, microorganisms coming through your skin because you're working in the garden dirt with your hands and your feet, and we don't we shouldn't be washing our hands all the time with antibacterial soap because that bacteria, some of it's actually good for you. And eat your sauerkraut and, getting, and drink your kombucha. Frisky and get all with of it. These. I'm like Molly. Can you at least take your tinfoil hat off? Right. <laughs> This has nothing to do with tinfoil hat. This is science. And if you have a vaginal birth, you're, and you poop because you will, if, you, if they tell you you didn't poop while pushing a baby out, they're probably lying to you. If you poop and it comes in contact whatsoever with your baby, you are doing a service to your baby's microbiome. Helping kickstart. There are so many new people listening to our show right now. Are going, there really? Oh my word! What did I just get into? You are listening to a podcast with toilet in the title. Flush. It's called, 
<laughs> Listen, we don't shy away from talking about all no. the things. And this is very important and it's very cool. God created every little detail of our lives. And we've gotten you guys just to keep going on this subject. We have gotten so many so much feedback from people who are like, "How JR is literally the only person in the world who didn't know that." Literally, Hearts. literally, you guys, you guys, I was literally the only person <laughs> in the world. I got so much, but that Calfarts um, have been oh the man, subject I got of governmental flamed. studies. Oh, you guys, I got flamed for, for this. decades and have been blamed for just destroying incredible. the ozone layer. Anyway, we still have to follow up with Uncle Vernon, who is literally yeah. certified in regenerative farming. And again, cow poop does wonders for the environment. Also, bunny poop apparently is a fantastic garden fertilizer. Chicken poop is a great fertilizer. If you have so, guess what? We're now are... getting bunnies. I want to get bunnies now, just for the fertilizer. Got to figure out how we're going to take care of them. When yeah, we and how we're going to keep the cats from killing them. We have murderers for felines. We, I know, we have to get Flemish rabbits. <laughs> That are the you size guys, of our dog. Okay, stop. Okay, you guys. So I, back when I was doing a lot of film work, I had a buddy who lived in LA and he he did the list of major feature blockbusters that he was the re-recording mixer on. And for Film Lingo, that's the guy who does the final audio mix of the whole film. So he's done the final audio mix on just hundreds of blockbuster films. Anyway, we got to know each other. He's a believer. And we got to know each other over Twitter. And um, I was making some trips down there. And so I would, he, he offered to let me stay at his house. And I was like, yeah, cool. I'll do that. And he's like, just so you know, we have, we have rabbits. I'm like, okay, that's fine. You guys, I walked into his, his kitchen and it was an R-O-U-S. It was a rodent of unusual size. I think I was mildly terrified. He doubled over laughing. But I was, this thing was huge. It was not, it was, it was. A, yeah, yeah, just Google these, Flemish this should rabbits, not be, you guys. There's different, there's a couple exist. different no, giant brands. It's not, breeds. it's, it's, uh, it's otherworldly. It's not of this world. It's, it is wild. <laughs> it's so cool. It's so cool. And he just laughed and laughed and laughed. But they kept them, they kept this rabbit in the laundry room and the lab, rabbit really didn't go anywhere. They just lay there. Lie there. Lie there. Lay has a, an object, and lie is a. Oh man, Addie is pumping her fists in the air right actually, now. Actually, that's, that's correct. Um, grammatically correct. Grandma Kitty also. You lay an egg. You lie on the floor. Um, I'm trying to think if I have any interesting recipes or anything for anybody this week. Have I made anything good, food wise? Food wise, it's all been amazing, babe. Not all. I, you guys, I struggle. If you have a good chili recipe, send me the your chili good. Chili was fine ch- today. It's Chili's fine. chili. No, like, it's not. I had to, I, I kind of threw some things in and then I didn't like it. So I had to keep doctoring it and doctoring it. We had chili cheese fries. That's, that's, that's one of my absolute favorite comfort foods of all time. Chili free cheese fries. And I get away with it guilt free because I, if I make the fries from scratch with good oils and good potatoes and things, it's it's a whole healthy food. Um, I made homemade Oreos. Those are really good. Which were really good. They were like soft, fudgy, crinkle, not crinkle, but like soft, fudgy cookies with a cream cheese filling. They're actually better the second day because the flavors kind of melded and the frosting kind of sunk into the cookie so it didn't squeeze out and go everywhere when you were trying mm-hmm. to eat it. So you got more of everything at once. The girls thought they weren't sweet enough. But the girls don't think anything is sweet enough. That's true. Um, true. What have you made that I've really loved? I also my cabbage last night. We've talked about the food is really good. Oh, last night's dinner. So we've talked about this before, but you guys talk about leeks too when we're done talking about cabbage. (laughs) As long as we're not talking about potty humor and we're talking about the vegetable. (laughs) You guys, Molly has us on deworming meds, and I have all the jokes about worms crawling out of my butthole. It's just a preventative thing. I don't have any evidence that any of us have worms. But apparently, if you eat sushi or you have kids who play in the dirt, which I just established that we do, and we eat a lot of sushi, you almost are guaranteed to have parasites. And not only do they absorb nutrients that are meant for you, they also create byproducts that are toxic and can cause skin conditions and autoimmune issues. And so I just... I I bought 
and again, this is Jair's, Jair's visualizing me with a tinfoil hat on right now. But this but is I'm visualizing you naked with this a is actually hat. science. Uh, your body produces different amounts of different hormones according to the lunar cycle. And around the now I can't remember exactly what it is around the around the time of a full moon, your body produces less melatonin, and I can't remember if it's less or more serotonin, but somehow those conditions make for parasites to be more active during those times, which means it's the full moon is the best time to do a parasite cleanse. So it's a full moon tomorrow, and I bought a homeopathic thing called Cina and C-I-N-A, and I, I'm dosing us and our dog that I can't get the cheap deworming meds for him on Amazon quite as easily as I can for the cats. Anyway, yes, I have us all on a homeopathic deworming, just preventative thing. And I, okay, so leeks. I planted leeks in our garden last year and didn't harvest them because the ground was so hard. So this year before JR was tilling it, I just pulled up what I could, which wasn't much. They they actually regrew, so we had a decent harvest. I sliced them up really thin and sautéed them until they were almost in butter, until they were, which is a superfood, and until they were almost melting in your mouth. And then I added some heavy cream to them because I just had it, and heavy cream is just pre-butter, right? So it also is a superfood. And I then stored them in the fridge and then sauteed them into uh, scrambled eggs this morning along with some goat cheese. And we had it on homemade sourdough English muffins, which is a recipe I'm trying out because if I get it right, they were too thick today to do this, so I had to pop them in the oven, but English muffins are just fried in a pan. They're not like pancakes. They're not cooked in an oven. And so I'm thinking they could be a good camping food. So if we're gone for a week and I want to have some homemade sourdough bread products for the family, besides the pancakes that I've figured out how to do camping, I was thinking I could make sourdough English muffins and you basically cook them in the pan like drop biscuits. And anyway, so that was breakfast this morning. But yesterday I have a cabbage recipe that you think your mom's jaw hit the floor when Faith wanted nothing to do with any of the other food on the table and she just wanted cabbage. But you you guys, you just make cabbage steaks. Look, and then the, you... I said this last night. The Irish have had this already figured out with corned beef and cabbage. But I, I like corned beef and cabbage. I like cabbage. It's also an Irish thing because I did it with Kerrygold butter. So you mm. saute cabbage steaks, just big chunks of cabbage with a lot of surface area on the pan until they start getting kind of brown and tons of butter. I used an entire block of Kerrygold yesterday between the cabbage and the leeks. (laughs) Oh, and the steak. I I did some elk steaks and a couple of random beef steaks we had in our fridge. I cooked the pan-fried those in butter, too. But I did go through a whole block of Kerrygold in one evening. But So you pan-fry the cabbage steaks, and then you can either put them, if you're doing a, a serving for two, you can just put them straight in the cast iron pan into the oven but I layered them into into a big casserole dish and you want a lot of surface area showing on the bottom and the top and then you bake it at 450 or so and not just until the cabbage leaves are tender but if you have enough butter in it just literally butter and salt you could add bacon bits or something if you want but you don't have to you it starts to caramelize the science of Brussels sprouts as well as cabbage is amazing where they actually caramelize kind of like onions and become very rich and sweet and then right before you're done cooking you can pour heavy cream over the top of it and it sort of melts into the cabbage leaves and creates this really luxurious creamy sauce and yes we ate an entire head of cabbage last night doing that and I can see if I can find a similar recipe online for JR to post it okay Leeks are my favorite. Yes. Because Molly pretty much prepares them the same way. I actually got that recipe from my mom. My mom has been growing leeks in her garden for years. And she slices, she gets them really big. Not as big as you get in the grocery store, but so they're still tender. And then slices them in half. And I think she does some white wine and butter 
and cream and they caramelize and they just get really meltingly tender and they're yeah leeks are amazing which gives me a little honestly gives me a little bit of sympathy for the israelites i was cooking them last night thinking about the israelites complaining about wanting to go back to israel or to egypt where at (laughs) least at least they had garlic and leeks (laughs) yesterday i had lily help me make a bunch of dinner and we had sweet potato fries and steak and cabbage and then i thought you know let's let's spice up the fries a little bit and make a fry sauce so i found a recipe online for fry sauce that was ketchup and mayonnaise and some spices added to it and oh lily killed it with the fry sauce she, everybody agreed lily is so obsessed with garlic right now she doubled the garlic in the fry sauce recipe <laughs> and we're just eyeballing what she should do to flavor the sweet potato fries oh. And she admits to me later that she doubled the amount of garlic I told her to put on the sweet potato fries. <laughs> and then she's sampling the fry sauce and she goes, this needs more garlic. And I said, it does not. But when you have your own plate of sauce and fries, you are welcome to grate some garlic salt on top of it to your liking. I didn't. So the whole meal, garlic never once entered my frame of reference. There was a it lot of garlic. Never garlic felt, powder. All garlic powder. It never felt like anything was over garlic. Well, my Lili, breath didn't taste like Lili garlic. Lily is my... your true daughter then. But but our kids also interest I didn't know how they would do with the the scrambled eggs and leeks and they gobbled them down. And our kids would be true Israelites grumbling that they want to go back to Egypt because at least we had garlic and leeks there. None of this boring manna that God gives us every day faithfully and we don't deserve it. It's just boring and not what I want leeks. right now. Okay, so I want to know I have... who out in the world of our podcast are avid gardeners. Because I'm going to ask Molly how our garden is coming along. It just got planted this last week and nothing has sprouted. Well, okay. <laughs> I thought you'd want to talk about it, but maybe not. Well, this is what happens when you don't plan things that just blows up in your face. It fizzles. Yeah. Okay. I, I have a one big thing to talk about. Let's talk about it. And this, this is the part of the podcast where Molly starts lecturing JR. We should have a, like a musical intro for this every time. Uh, Maybe. You don't want to do it. it, It's, it's not, um, it's (laughs) those moments are never clearly defined. Okay. All the time. I know, but when a lot of times we'll be on it, something. No, but all the, a lot. Then I'd be editing back in often because we come true. back to things and, okay. and we don't. Sometimes you guys, we don't. I mean, you guys. Have been okay, can you? Those of you that have been listening for a while, off the fly, create some music, not like a drum roll, but something like make me some music right now for the part of the podcast where Molly go. You do the music, do, 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 and now do, we're entering do, the part do, of the podcast. Sorry, that's Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Where Molly begins lecturing Jr. about something that she's been thinking about, and if I'm driving in the car, I'm talking aloud to myself about it, and now I'm saying it to you all. All right, there it is. Uh, rainbows. It is the month of rainbows. It is the month of rainbows. Gay Pride, guys. We're really excited to be celebrating <clears throat> Pride. I, <laughs> Immediately, I have... 15 people just turned off the podcast. Or their jaws Joke, dropped guys. a little bit. Um, I have a friend who lives in a pretty liberal area, and she, once a week... I'm taking off my hoodie because it's like, it was 60 degrees outside, and I it was cold in here, but now it's warm. Once a week, this friend of mine will post a ver on Instagram, will post a verse on Pride. That's her. And I was like, I, I messaged her. I was like, I see what you're doing here. And she's like, some people do, some people don't. That's amazing. But, but. It's called subversion. Well, it's also, but the last one she did, I was like, okay, this is super applicable to that out there, but also super applicable to in here. Now, is it applicable or applicable? Because I always say it applicable. It's probably both. Okay. Uh, We're going to hear about that later. I hope so. Uh, so Addy. no. Okay, here's the thing. I keep seeing all these things on Instagram about let's talk to our kids about the, what the rainbow really means. We see the rainbow everywhere. Turn it into a message, and then the the simplistic message for kids is the rainbow. And I I think I did this to the kids when I was little. We you know we see a rainbow. What does the rainbow remind us of? The rainbow reminds us that God is faithful to His promises. That's kind of the children's story Bible thing that 
that the rainbow means. And we pulled into our driveway. Where were you? You were gone. You were working. So it was Saturday night. Oh, yeah. We had done a tour in the in the truck to pick some stuff up and pulled into the driveway. And there is, we have, we often will see a full rainbow looking out. And I will, I will send this picture that I took and posted on my personal Instagram to JR. And he can or cannot, as he deems appropriate and to his aesthetic taste liking, use it for the podcast cover or not. But it's all but, about how clearly you can see things and how clearly you can see the texting on the graphic. Yeah, I don't so, know anybody ever sees it. So we had a full rainbow looking east over our neighbor's house and the, the big tree that's on the east of our lot. And sometimes there's often rainbows in that same spot. Sometimes it's a double rainbow. And uh, I just got to thinking, I wanted, I almost launched into a lecture to the kids about what does a rainbow mean, but we'd actually picked up ice cream on our way home from this errand. And so by the time I'm ready to launch into the lecture and I'm turning the truck off, they're all inside opening the pints of ice cream that I'd bought. So I lost my moment there. But I got to thinking by myself, what actually is the message of the rainbow at the end of the story of Noah? And we have to go back, first of all, to quality. We have to go back, first of all, to the beginning of the story of Noah. And there's this incredible statement that I remember seminary professors making a big deal out of this. And it stuck in my mind enough that it came to mind when I was looking at this rainbow. And it's that that God looked at his people and the or the people that he had the world he had made and the intentions of their heart were only evil all the time. Which is an incredible statement. If you think about it, all but one person, Noah, walked with God and God considered him righteous. Everyone else on earth, a couple generations after God created the world, only every intention of their heart was only evil all the time. Are you sure it was only a couple generations? I mean, no, I'm not sure. It. No, but we can okay, count six it, can't chapter, we? Six chapters Because there's after, a couple genealogies could, in there. We could. Let's say six chapters <laughs> after God created the world. <laughs> I don't know how many I, generations. What's the... What's the I'm not... Can, I'm, you, can you extrapolate out and say, okay, this is how many generations it took for God to destroy the world the first time, and we are now an X generation. <gasps> you... Okay. Sorry. I'm Genesis Sorry. 5. Molly's really rolling around. Adam... Seth, Enosh, Kenan, Mahalahel, Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, uh, Lamech, Noah. Ten generations. Ten generations after God created the world, every intention of man's heart was only evil all the time. Look at the world around us. It is actually possible that with the, when Noah lived, it was worse. Like the the sexual immorality, the lying. Well, the men were clamoring for uh, for the Nephilim or whatever. The men were clamoring for the for the visiting men. The sons of God came into the daughters that, of man right. and bore children to them. But I mean, well, that's I'm, Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, the right. men and men. My bad. Um. So. So I just think, I, I think as a mom raising my kids and feeling this, okay, my children were born for such a time as this, this isn't a mistake, I was still in control, and having to remind myself all of that regularly because of how tremendously bad the state of the world is with corruption, with just outright crime, with the fact that we can't tell what a man is from a woman, and if you try to tell the truth, you're called a hateful bigot, and all of these things, and just the incredible, like... Did you hear about Christina Aguilera performing at a pride parade in L.A.? No. She had, I don't know how to say this politely, a giant penis strapped to her. Like a totally, actually, totally anatomically correct male genitalia. So really, really small. How did anybody see it? It was giant and glittering green. Strapped (laughs) to her while she's performing at a family event in a park in Los Angeles. 
so I mean, this is like people don't even aren't even batting an eye at this. And anyway, I'm just thinking if if we think it's so bad now, how bad was it that God said every intention of man's heart was only evil all the time and he grieved that he'd created the earth and he he saved one family because of the representative head of that family's righteousness. He wipes out everything else on the earth. And then he sets his bow in the sky. And what is the promise specifically that he made? Do you remember? It's not, I'm making a promise to you to be faithful to my promises. It is... I won't destroy the world again like with another flood. I won't destroy the world again with Instead, a f- I'll destroy it with fire. Right. He specifically says... I will never again destroy the earth by a flood. So that's the promise that the rainbow reminds us of, is that God is not going to destroy the earth again by a flood. It's not God is faithful to his promises. God takes care of his people. It's I will not destroy the earth again by a flood. Okay, so let's talk about floodwaters for a second in Scripture. So you guys, I think, um, Molly, didn't you do a... This could, I could really this could get really embarrassing really quick. Didn't you do an entire study on water through scripture at seminary? I if I had gone on to do PhD studies, that's what I would have written my dissertation okay. on right, right, right. because it's so cool. Okay, water and scripture, you guys. Genesis one: the spirit of the God, of God hovered over the waters. Water in the Old Testament represents chaos and danger and evil for more by and large so think about jonah and the whale and here's another cool thing about scripture is it can be both true and deeply symbolic at the same time like you can write true things in such a way that you have themes that are also deeply beautiful in a literary sense. So water in ancient Near Eastern thinking represented danger and chaos. So that God brings order and goodness and safety out of chaotic nothingness by creating land and separating the land from the waters. Uh, there's reference to like sea creatures and water in Job and it's kind of a chaos, God ruling over the chaos in Psalms. There's also reference to that Noah, you know, the floodwaters are obviously dangerous and deadly. Uh, the Jonah, um, you get, start getting hints that water is not always going to be bad and dangerous in Isaiah where, God talks about water flooding out of the city of God for the healing of the nations. Mm-hmm. Then you go to the New Testament and Jesus has to calm storms and his disciples are freaking out and whatnot. And here we see that that God is the God of the seas and the wind of the waves, and he is the master over them. And in Revelation, you know, the tree, the the river of the river of life flows or the river for the healing of the nations is flowing from the tree um, and people can drink of it freely and it's life-giving and a beautiful thing. Um, and you can see how people who are more primitive have left less technological advancement instinctively in their gut feel the danger and the fear of something like the the ocean you know they didn't have these giant ships that you still you see video of a giant tanker ship in a storm and it's terrifying how much a even a giant ship like that gets tossed to and fro think about how little the boats were mm-hmm. that they had even in roman times you know for shuttling back and forth across the sea and look how many times paul was shipwrecked it was not unusual to to be out on the water and for it to be a very dangerous thing here in Montana right now, a huge portion of our state is under such devastating flooding that Yellowstone National Park will probably be shut down for the rest of the year. 
Have you seen pictures and footage? I haven't seen pictures. I've heard that they shut the park down, but I didn't know it would be shut down for the whole year. Yeah, well, if you if you look at the, the Yellowstone River that goes through the park, and it usually is this sweet, peaceful river that some of the hot springs that Yellowstone's known for flow in, and you can go swimming in the hot springs. It's this raging, muddy mess that is, like, feet upon feet. It's gushing over bridges and knocking metal bridges down there are entire cabins floating down smaller rivers like the Stillwater and the rosebud and in yellowstone national park huge swaths of road that follow the river have just been cut out wow the river has completely i'm looking at some photos now it's it's unreal um there are people trapped in the park and trapped in communities around the park because the roads in and out have been completely decimated it's not even like they shut it down because it's dangerous right now there is no road Right now. So what they'll probably have to do is helicopter people. Red Lodge made. Oh. Red Lodge made national news. Red Lodge is where the town that we drive through right before we get to our ski area. It, it, it's main street was a raging river yesterday. So I say all of this because we, we modern hubris filled humans tend to think that technology with enough technology we can fix everything. And then we're just completely laid waste by by natural forces. And I think it's a total Psalm 2, Psalm 14 thing where God sits up in heaven and he laughs at these delusions that we have, just like in the Tower of Babel that we read about with our kids this morning. God laughs at how great we think we can be because it takes him sneezing and it's a hurricane, and God doesn't sneeze. I know that, you guys. <laughs> you know, but with with a word or with a thought, God can level the city of New Orleans. And you know how people respond? Not with humility, but with even more anger and pride at thinking mm. that somebody else should have been able to fix or prevent this. Anyway, so water and scripture, we still have this visceral sense of humility and fear, or we should— at the power of wind and waves. And in the Old Testament, that represented danger and chaos. And so God harnesses the power of water to wipe out the evil from the earth. And he sets his bow in the sky and he says, I'm never going to wipe out, I'm never going to judge the earth again and wipe it out by water. But you're absolutely right a worse judgment is coming. And I think that's part of what the rainbow should remind us of, is that, and I I did end up asking the kids this. I said, Noah, I think I lectured over their ice cream. Their mouths are full. They had to sit and listen to me. <laughs> Noah was considered the righteous man. Was Noah perfectly righteous? No. Just like Abraham, he was, he walked with God and, you know, met the requirements of righteousness for God according to his requirements in Genesis before there was a law and before there was Jesus. God saved a remnant of his people through the righteousness of one man. And that was a family. God is going to save a new, bigger family from the new, bigger coming destruction by the perfect righteousness of one man, because all of the water in the world could not wash the only evil all the time out of mankind's hearts. Only the blood of Jesus mm. can wash only evil all the time out of hearts. And so the rainbow, to me, represents God's mercy in saving people by the righteousness of someone who is not ourselves. And the promise, it is a promise, the promise of God to save us from the future coming judgment, the righteous wrath of God against a horribly sinful world because they deserve it. And it's not going to be a flood. It's going to be worse <laughs> and it, it's going to be eternal. And so when I get, I think, okay, so. In seminary, in theological terms, there's often a saying that theology should lead to orthodoxy. 
and orthodoxy should lead to doxology. So, so, so theology is the study of God and His Word. Theologos, studying God, the thing, the things of God. Uh, orthodoxy is right, um, right worship, right or orthopraxy, right practice of our faith. And all of those things, if they don't lead us into doxology, which is praising God, words of praise, are are amiss. You know, we we are remiss if teaching our kids about what does a rainbow truly mean does not lead us into humble worship of a God who who is saving us from our sins from the consequences of our sins by his mercy and we we rely fully on that god will be faithful to his promises and we worship him for his incredible mercy to us so i think that's my i i've had because of my work with canevox i've had a ton of people reaching out to me asking me about what do you think about this we have a big dust up in billings right now because our little local zoo was hosting a drag queen story hour and of course parents are outraged because it's a zoo like why can't we just be safe to take our kids to the stinking zoo where of all places we should understand that it takes a boy a boy lion and a girl lion to make baby lions (laughs) you know our two boy lions might like living together but we're not going to perpetuate the lion species Without having a boy Molly, lion and a girl lion together, it's a zoo, and a zoo is a place for to view animals, and they're just trying to be equal. It, we, no, no, no. Their phrase. So, th- so you guys, <clears throat> they I was got making a joke that Molly just didn't find amusing. <laughs> well, interestingly, no, no. I'm actually like you're making a joke, but they said this in in seriousness. You thought you thought it was funny. They said. We are doing this because we respect all living creatures. Oh my gosh. That was their opening statement because they got a ton of backlash almost immediately when this was announced. Parents saying, "Why do we why can't we take our kids to the zoo without having these grooming events?" And no matter how you want to try to defend them, exposing children to grown men dressed up like caricatures of women in hypersexualized costumes is not harmless men having harmless fun or children enjoying people who can have fun in costumes it's teaching them things that are contrary to the created order and it's often exposing them to it's my it's my pet peeve when corporations don't focus and i realize that we don't live in that culture anymore we don't live in an environment where this is cool but like you make cars or you sell jackets why are you shoving like rainbow ideologies down it? Like, stop it! Just sell me a freaking coat. <laughs> like, right. I just want a pair um, of socks. So, I've had a friend that we've been texting back and forth in surprise when we're shopping at various places. There's no rainbows on this. Apparently, she told me this, and I oh, went funny. Zap- like Portland, put a bird on it. Yeah, Zappos.com. If you at least a couple of days ago, if you went to their homepage. It was all about the Special Olympics. And Special Olympians need shoes. And they're a sponsor. For sure. And so it was all about the Special Olympics. There was not a single rainbow on Zappo.com's homepage, which is interesting because they're owned by Amazon. But Zappos is not shoving rainbows down our throat. They just want to sell shoes. Good for them. Good for them. This is not rocket science. Everybody go buy shoes from Zappos right now. Uh... Anyway. How did you hear about us? <laughs> Why did you buy ever? Because there's no rainbows. No rainbows. <laughs> uh, anyway, I've had a lot of friends asking me about the zoo. How should we respond to it? And I'm actually gathering some friends uh, at our home next Monday. Did I tell you this? We're having no. another an, an emergency Canavox meeting oh. on next Monday. So if you're local and you want to come, hit me up. Uh and just, I'll include contact information if you are local and you've never... And you don't know it. how to hit us up. I'll include contact information at the end of the show. Uh, so, but for real, that's a genuine invitation. We, My goal is... Can you... Oh, it's specifically related to the zoo, right? No, it's not. Because I was going to say, would you want to like Zoom your 
session for people to join you on Zoom no, while you discuss? No, because Molly it's... does do hosted Canebox sessions on Zoom, you guys. I do. Hit me up if you want to learn more about that, too. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's too interactive. Zoom I think, doesn't work I think for... for a second, for people who are new or don't know about Canebox, you should quickly give them the uh, elevator pitch. Okay, so Canebox is an organization that I work for, a nonprofit, and we are... A safe space for free speech in discussing issues related to sexuality and marriage, and specifically with a view to not being gripey, but understanding what's the true science going on in issues with related to sex ed, uh, transgenderism, just a basic understanding of what is marriage, uh, same-sex marriage, religious liberty, and parental rights. We have like 25 sessions that are all free. It's a, it's what we do is all free except for our high school our middle school and high school age stuff. And you, you can go to Cana Vox, C-A-N-A-V-O-X, Latin Vox's voice. Cana is uh, an allusion to the wedding at Cana. So we're giving marriage a voice and you can go there and see our reading lists. We have an adult one that's all there for free. We have a college age one that you have to get certified, which again is free and fairly easy in order to access it just because we want to gatekeep who's leading the sessions and make sure that they're well equipped. But I also will be starting up some online study sessions in the fall if you're not local and can't join us. And the thing that I love about this and why I keep referencing it right now is I've become very stalwart in the biblical understanding of man and woman and of family and of marriage and not from a, well, the Bible says it, so I believe it, but in a, here's all of this science that's available to us and correctives to studies that say, oh, children being raised in same-sex households are doing it just as well, if not better, than other kids, which gets paraded around a lot. And they're, you know, the proper scientific method is usually not followed in, cre- in studies that have those sorts of outcomes. So how do we understand those studies? How do we understand childhood development? And so we know that presenting gender issues to a kindergartner actually harms their proper developmental, you know, ages. Um, anyway, so it, it's not scriptural materials, but it is the evidence that says that the world really does work the way that God says that it works. And so we meet every month at my house in my local group, and there are local groups that meet all over the country. And if there isn't a local group in your area, you can start one. And have just friends in your house. We usually have chocolate and tea or wine and have really encouraging discussions. And the goal for this Monday, which is not an official Canavox meeting because it's not following one of our syllabi, but is to ask what what are some guidelines that we can use in understanding how to respond to this? Mm. How do we frame our response in such a way, it doesn't have to be monolithic. I'm okay with one person over here saying, I'm going to rip up my membership and I'm never going to the zoo again. And somebody over here saying, whoops, I just turned off the light. And somebody over here <laughs> saying, because you can't see I'm doing on the one hand and on the other hand. And somebody over here saying, you know, I'm going to write a letter to the zoo and I'm going to express, express my displeasure, but this isn't a deal breaker for me. I'll continue going. But I want them to know that I feel mm-hmm. like it. And in, in my online discussion that I had with a couple of more people who live in Seattle. So they've been doing this for longer than we in Billings have. They said the the more troublesome thing to us about what you've described about the zoo is not necessarily that they're hosting it in the first place, but their response to parental pushback that they doubled down and they attacked and they said, you're being hateful and you're threatening violence, which I strongly suspect they're saying you're threatening violence for people sending them pictures of their ripped up membership cards. <laughs> uh, but, you know, so... so shred you, man. Yeah, so anyway, um, I, th- I thought that was a really helpful... In fact, Katie was like, you know what I would say? I would say, how dare you say that in my trying to protect 
the appropriate childhood innocence of my kids that I'm being hateful. How dare you? You don't even know me. And you are making these statements about my heart and my love for kids, Uh, which I was like, okay, like you've, you've been there, you've done that. But I also raised to them, I said, there's been another Cane of Ox leader on the East Coast whose daughter was seven-year-old daughter. We have a seven-year-old daughter. Pop quiz, which daughter is seven? Okay, it's Elise. Elizabeth. <laughs> for those of you who... That was not a pop quiz for you, JR. You're supposed Julie's to Julie's like, that. stop that! <laughs> That's a pop who is quiz it really? <laughs> for you guys out there. Elise is seven. Anyway... I don't care if you can, if you guys keep track of my This kids. gal on the East Coast They're there for had her seven-year-old signed up for a nature camp. And she got a letter from the camp director the day before the camp started. And the camp director had her pronouns in the signature of the email. And she said, I don't know how to respond to this. I don't know if I just pull my daughter. I I want to engage the camp director in some way. And we, on a Facebook discussion, concluded, can you send a letter saying, I'm curious what your posture towards the pronoun thing is and what your expectations about the campers will, towards the campers will be with the pronouns. And the response back that she got was, well, several of our counselors are non-binary, and so they may want the counts- the campers to use particular pronouns with them. We don't have a lecture series, which apparently there are lecture series um, in nature camps or things. Uh, and, you know, we, we talk about our kids going to the Audubon class here in Billings regularly. and So far, they're normal. So far, they're normal. But here's the thing. A lot of their teachers, because there's two different classes... They work at the zoo, huh? No, they don't work at oh. the zoo. They're graduates. They're recent graduates from nature programs in places like Washington State, and they're looking for an entry-level job. And so they come here until they can get a job at a zoo or at a marina or something. And <coughs> one of Elisa's favorite teachers actually left partway through last year because she'd gotten a job working at... Uh, I think it's in Salt Lake City, working at an aquarium... And then she was filtered in with these, replaced with kind of a hipster-looking early 20-something. So I could very easily see Elise having a Mm non-binary or a I prefer Z-Zare for my pronouns. And so I asked Katie Faust, what would you do if your seven-year-old was in nature camp and was being asked? And she said, well, if if the pronouns are not actual words... (laughs) That would probably be a deal breaker. But if they're just a person who's not evangelizing their worldview to my kid, I would probably help my kid try to process. She said, it's amazing how much kids in that age range just assume that it's normal human weirdness if they're not having a worldview pushed on them. Like her mom has had a lesbian partner who lives with her for her kids' entire lives. And she's like, I sat my daughter down when she was 12 and gave her the whole thing. And her daughter was like, I thought they were just roommates. <laughs> so she said, it's it's amazing what, if they're not pushing it on your kids, will fly under the radar with younger kids. But if they're pushing it on your kid, that's the time you pull them out. That's the time you pull the plug. And you have to stay in conversation with your kid and really monitor what's going on when if that's the I'm case. If I'm ever forced... To give a pronoun, I'm going to tell him, you can call me Sob. Sob. Okay. Son of S-O-B. a... Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. There are some really funny I'm, I'm not helpful pronoun conversations out things. There. Beep, beep, boop, beep. Yeah, Gina Carano. Yeah. Uh, there was another one. I can't remember. There's another one that had to do with food that was really funny. But anyway, so that's so the rainbow thing to to close the loop on this has been on my mind a lot in the last couple of days. But I think that what where my heart has turned recently is uh, worship to God for his mercy to us that when we see the rainbow we're reminded of an unimaginable coming judgment 
from which we who are in Christ will be saved because of Christ. And that's the promise of God that we trust in. But the rainbow to me right now is, wow, praise God for his mercy to me, because the coming wrath is one from which I will be spared, not by my own merits, but because of the merits of a a more righteous person than Noah. And that's all I got. That's a great way to end the show. Um, We're at like almost 50 minutes anyway. Um, You guys, if you want to interact with anything that we've said here, or you want to give us or tell us something that has no relation to it at all whatsoever, you can do so um, on our website, www.toobusytoflush.com, all grammatically correct, or tb2f.com, and you can scroll down a little bit there. We've got a send us a postcard at the bottom of the page. While you're there, you can order some swag if you want to support us. Um, You can also reach out to us on Telegram. We've got a private Telegram group. Uh, group? Yeah. We've got a te- private Telegram group with, um, I don't know, what you say, 70 members? Something like that. And a, and a small core of really active members. The link for that Telegram uh, group is in the show notes. And you can use that to join our group. Um, if you would also like to send us an email, you can do that at tb, the number 2f, at pmpapamike.me, tb2f.me me um, to have at pm.me at pm.me thank you yeah dot me sends you somewhere else um we'll include all the stuff that molly mentioned recipes and things and a link to cane and other things will all be in uh, the show notes and if you want to reach molly about the cane stuff i can uh you can do that through all those links as well so that said i'm gonna close with this tombstone do it that i actually screen grabbed and then forgot about and it says, here lies, not lays, Billy Woody Robbins Reed, English teacher, born June 13th, 1982, died February 18th, 2014. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put that on our Telegraph page just for the fun of it. That's awesome. All right, guys. Thanks so much. It's been real. It's been fun. See ya.